The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, that starts somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 137, recorded March 24th, 2022. My name is Joe Becker, fresh off of vacation. With me, as always, is my good friend. Michael Diaz, who is not fresh from vacation yet. No, not fresh? No, well, not fresh. That's true. I'm 48, I, I, so I'm definitely not fresh. I can tell you, coming back to this shit Michigan weather after being 78 degrees and sunny <laughs> for seven days in LA. Dude, wow. you, you missed uh, high 60s, low 70s last week when you were gone. Ooh. It was here. Ooh. <laughs> oh, I'm just saying. It doesn't beat 78 and sunny. No, but it was it was like 70, 71 and sunny. Eh, it's all right. For what, a day? Two days. Was it 70 and, both days? I think it crossed over to 70 both days, I think. Days. I mean, don't quote me on that. All, right, well, All I, I know is uh, it's snowing this weekend. In fact, it's snowing it's right snowing now. It's snowing right now. Right now. Yeah. Because uh, that's Michigan. I told Michelle I was going to plot when, when we get two consecutive 24 out 48 hours of consecutive, you know, 70 degree weather, not at night. I don't mean obviously it's going to drop. And then the last two days we get 70 degree weather and see what that time span is. My guess it's like June to September. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe well if i have to double check last week because he may have had the first two already well I, w- I didn't live it so it doesn't matter oh so it doesn't count <laughs> <laughs> anyways so, yeah. um yeah so Get i was back. gone for the week i was back i had a uh we're gonna talk about it later uh star wars galaxy's edge review um but a lot good week there's a lot of stuff that came out but halo came out we're gonna talk about that we have couple episodes of Picard, and then there's some news, which uh, I think, you know, we can get started there if you want to, Michael, unless uh, anything cool happened this week for you that you need to get off your chest. No, no, I uh, I was I was lost without you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I read a lot. Big surprise. That's good. That's good. Keep you, yeah. keep you sharp. You don't, you know, keep you away from that Prevagen. <laughs> a little while, you, though, anyways. The sun really helps when you're outside. And do it. I mean, it just does. It really you have vitamin D. You do. You do. Um, all right. Well, let's jump right into the news. Uh, looks like Celebrate Star Wars Celebration has announced its first three stage stars. I think that are going to be there. Uh, no real surprise for me. Anthony Daniels. He oh, he's a he shows up everywhere. Anyways, they pay him and. You can talk about what else does Anthony Daniels do? Yeah, what what is he going to do? Right, um, this, this is his bread and butter, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't see him <laughs> popping up in movies anywhere as himself, do you? No, no. He, he yeah, he, look seriously, this is all he does is Star Wars shit. I mean, he's paid fine for it. I mean, he's he's done. Oh, you know, he gets his voices in for animations and whatnot. I I would go to that. Well, give me his job. I would gladly take that job. Easy. Easy. You might not fit in his uniform, though. Just 
No, no, I'd have to be like a Gamorrean guard or something. <laughs> I didn't mean that, but no, I couldn't fit in them. The guys are real. Uh, yeah. Ashley Eckstein, do you know who that is? I, well, I put it in the notes, but. Oh, yeah. Then no, I don't. I do know who it is. <laughs> the voice of Ahsoka Tano in, from Clone Wars all the way through to uh, Rebels and whatnot. She will be showing up. She's really cool. She's got her own line of clothing and stuff that's been out for years. She's really been an advocate uh, for people and, and Star Wars stuff. So that's cool, uh, you know, guest. And then the guest I saw, well, I saw Anthony Daniels as well at Celebration last time. But the other guest that made a surprise appearance was Ian McDiarmid. So he's going to be there. The Emperor himself will be at Star Wars Celebration in L.A., which I will not be going to because <laughs> it's expensive, man. Do they, do they move? Is it always in LA, or do they move it? Is it they always- move it like once, every, like once every couple of years. Like I don't think it's going to come back to Chicago anytime soon. I mean, I'm not going to fly out there to see it and get a hotel. Like that's crazy. Chicago, I can like sleep somewhere. I know a few people like I can sleep one night, one you know whatever it takes. I can I can right. stay out there and drive there. It's a lot cheaper. Do a little uh, couch surfing there. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is that, does that make you want to go to Celebration, Michael? No, no, I've been to Celebration. Oh, I know. Wow, well, there's Sorry. Michael's, uh, he does it every There's my day. 9 o'clock alarm again. Sorry. Don't get fat kids, because then you have to have alarms that tell you to stop eating at night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I've been to, I've been to this one Celebration. I want to say, when I, yeah, uh, Celebration, I think it was three. I don't know. Yeah, you they, mentioned that. They used to not do them every year. They used to. The first few celebrations, didn't they do just before the uh, prequel movies came out? Yeah, I believe so, but um, they still don't do them every year. It's oh, they not don't? Every year. No, it's not an every year event. See, that's how... Oh, I guess I'm, I'm not a very good geek because I didn't know that. Well, plus, let's remember, the last two years was COVID. Of, I think it's the opposite of D23 or whatever. Uh, okay, gotcha. I, don't think I went to the one in Indy right before um, Attack of the Clones. Got it. And I enjoyed it. I went for free because um, I, I had a friend who, you know, back in the day, Dark Horse had the license, right, for Star Wars comics. Right. So and I actually knew the people that ran the uh, the marketing department there. So they got me a pass as a I, – I can say this now because it's been like 20 years. But <laughs> they got me a pass as an official member of Dark Horse Comics. So I got to get in to see everything. Because I had a Dark Horse Comics badge, even though I didn't work for Dark Horse. Nice. We were a guest of Dark Horse. That's okay. Yeah. And then when I crashed, I literally crashed on the floor in the hotel room with them. So stayed for very cheap, which is free. So anyways, if you want to spend the time and the money and check out those, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to announce. Maybe a movie? I don't know. that's, That's the thing. I mean, it's cool. They have some big names and stuff, but it's. All Star Wars, which if that's what you're into and that's what you're there for, that's fine. Oh, I loved, I loved going. I spent two days. I, I loved every second of it. See, I went for three days. I wish I could it was too much. All four and saw the panels. But when I went, there was shit being. I mean, it was the first panel of Mandalorian and Favreau was there. That's kind of huge. It, it, it was the the first preview for Rise of Skywalker. I mean. It was it was it was a great celebration. They had a lot of announcements that you knew shit was actually going to happen. They didn't right. just say stuff and nothing happens, which is what happened. I think like some announcement time prior, but you know, I think they have a lot a lot to uh, 
atone for the celebration. They just do. Um, but let's not get too far into that. Uh, another piece of Star Wars news. Uh, Christopher Lloyd has been cast in Mando Series 3. And I, from what I understand, he's going to play a drunk land speeder driver. Is that for real or are you making a joke? I don't know, Alex. No, no he's oh. <laughs> a joke. <laughs> <laughs> His name's going to be Jim Ings in. Starkowski, Starkowski. What is not, that? Not, Jim Ignatowski was his name on uh, Reverend Jim Ignatowski was his name on Taxi. Oh, okay, <laughs> I get it now. I'm sorry. I thought. See, I was trying to figure out. I thought you were trying to make a Back to the Future reference, and I'm like, I don't remember Doc Brown being drunk. But you're. I forget how much older you are than I am. Yeah, Taxi was one of my favorite shows as a kid. So, really? Hmm. That's just it's it. not a it's not a kid's show. That's no, just what but I, but I was the idiot who watched I was a kid who watched MASH and uh well obviously Taxi and I liked uh Barney Miller. <laughs> you know, all the smart I don't know if it was smart, but I, I just like those shows. Barney Miller back in the day too, but I never I, I appreciate but I know I never really got into taxi. I think well I I mean, all jokes aside, I am a, a couple years younger. I'm not that much younger than you, but I think that was just enough where because that was the day before you know, before DVRs and before streaming. So yeah, if I missed it, I missed it. Right. So. Right. It was must-watch TV. No, I watched it. Uh, but then they they had reruns, too. I mean, they played them later on, and I still watched it. Right, right. I just, uh, I never watched it. But so now I, now, okay, now I get your reference. Yeah. So hopefully he's not playing that. But uh, always a good actor. We'll see what he, what he where they put him. Just you don't want him to stand out, right? Like, oh, it's like. I don't know, but I guess it's kind of like any other person they put in the Mando that is a like a Horatio Sands or whatever, or any actor's face you know. It's hard to get past their face. Uh, well, maybe it's going to be like uh, Nick Nolte, right? That could be. It could be just a voice, right? Oh, he might be in it, but I I don't expect it to be a huge role. No, I don't. Um, either. I think it's going to be similar like what Nick, Nick Nolte did. Now he only voiced that role, but it was a very important role, and. That's what I suspect is going to happen here. He's going to have a very important role in the in this show, but he's not going to be. Uh, I don't know. I'm totally. Who knows? Yeah. I'm talking out of my ass. I do miss Quill. He was cool. Right, like, why don't, why don't you take over the next three since they're more comic book related? Okay. Kind well, uh, first, uh, Marvel. Word is Marvel is developing a Nova story for Disney Plus. Uh, for those of you that don't remember. Uh, we saw the Nova Corps, uh, Nova Prime, with uh, in, in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one, with um, all of our, you know, well, who, who who we see. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but the voice of Darth Maul. He was in. He was one of the oh. Nova Corps. Was he really? Yeah, oh, I can't remember his name now. It begins with a B. Uh, shit. Well, the voice. Well, the voice of Maul and in- no, 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 the voice of Maul in the movies. Oh, I don't know his name. I was thinking of... Um, he also yeah. showed up on 30 Rock for a little bit. Not 30 Rock, sorry. Um, Parks and Rec. God, I wish I remember his name. Anyway. Um, but also, uh, Glenn Close. She was the... What was she? was Nova... The head of the Nova Corps. But anyway, long story short, uh, Nova Corps, who is obviously... Well, maybe they're not totally destroyed, because... Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, I looked it up. <laughs> 
What's his name? It begins. The last name begins with a B. That's all I remember. You're totally wrong. Uh, Peter Serafinowitz. Not even close, guys. Not even close. But I was thinking of Sam Witwer. But he does the voice of of Maul in uh, animated series. But you know who Peter Serafinowitz is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he does the voice of Maul, but also he was in uh, Shaun of the Dead. He's in a lot. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he's been in everything. But yes, he was also, he was one of the Nova Corps, as was um, John C. Riley. Oh, oh, yeah, John C. That's right, John C. That's right. Yeah, they had a bunch of big names. They threw a bunch of big names in that. We only saw for a little bit. Yeah, I can tell you that uh, maybe me riding the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, ride at at, uh, Disney screwed with my head because that thing scared the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But anyway, all that to say, uh, we we learned in uh, either, uh, was it uh, Infinity War or Endgame that Nova Prime was destroyed? So oh, I don't right. know if it's completely obliterated or if, you know, they just wiped out the city. Anyhow, um, the, the best way to think of the Nova Corps is basically like Marvel's version of the Green Lantern Corps. Okay. You know, you get the power and they have a whole, you know, they watch the entire galaxy and blah, blah, blah. It's not the same kind of power, is it? It's not like you can... No, no, no. They, they get their power through a different thing. I forget exactly what it is. It, obviously, the Green Lantern get them from their green power rings, yada, yada. So I'm suspecting, I, 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 Nova Prime, I'm thinking, it still exists. And I, my guess is that they're going to throw a story, some kid, some teenager, because that's typically uh, who Nova is in the comics. Yeah, why can't they make it an old middle-aged guy? Like- <laughs> right. <laughs> they're going to be diverse. <laughs> right. But it's probably, well, probably going to be some teenage kid uh, who gets the power of Nova, the Nova Corps. Right. And it's probably going to be like, it's probably going to end up being a long-term story about how this person helps to rebuild the Nova Corps because obviously they've been destroyed after, well, we assume they've been destroyed after the events of the Avengers movies. But uh, yeah, we'll see. It's, it's interesting. They, they seem to be going teen-centric. Uh, and I'm going to segue into, I know we this is not next in the notes, but we also saw the Miss Marvel trailer mm-hmm. come out. And... I'm going to say it, and I think Joe agrees. This doesn't look like it's geared for us at all. Which is totally fine. Oh, yeah. Totally fine. This, I don't know. Did you you watch any of the shows they did on, like, uh, what, ABC Family or on Hulu? They did what? um, On ABC Family, they did Cloak and Dagger. I did not. Okay. I didn't watch it either. Oh, I, I caught little bits of it, and I even watched the entire first season of Runaways. Um, I watched Runaways. Which was all okay. of it? Like the first three episodes. <laughs> <It was okay. laughs> I watched first three, first season. It was okay. Comics phenomenal, but all that to say, this feels like they're aiming at the teen demographic, and that's fine. Because let's face it, um, we're 12 years or so into the Marvel Universe right now. 12, 13, something like that. Right. Um, anyone that started watching it as a teenager is now in their 20s. So if you were like an eight-year-old kid, you're 21. So they got to start, you know, prepping that next crop of, you know, viewers. So right. of course they're going to start. I mean, we know they're bringing, you know, they're doing the Spider-Man cartoon that's going to be coming out. Yeah. That's obviously geared to a younger audience, younger audience. Um, 
I, I think this is going to be like that, and probably the Nova show as well. There's still, don't get me wrong, they're going to still make stuff for older geeks, you know, guys like oh, yeah. or guys, I mean, women. She's still going to fit into the, into the Marvel universe. It's part of the Marvel universe. I mean, Crape, we're getting Moon Knight, which looks dark as hell, so clearly that's not for Exactly, yeah, and don't worry. There's, fair, yeah. there's plenty of mature content, too. I mean, as we saw, Netflix, the Netflix shows now are on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fine. They're, they're hitting a broad spectrum, and I'm okay with that. So, like I said, I'm, that's not a knock that this show is not meant for me or Joe. Um, but hey, um, but she has uh, nothing to do with Captain Marvel, right? Or is that what they are? Oh what, no, is, she does. She does, but in the regular comics, she doesn't. Well, yes and no. So in the regular comics, in in the comics themselves, um, she looks up to uh, uh, Captain Marvel, right? And in fact, Captain Marvel before she became Captain Marvel in the comics for decades was Miss Marvel. Right. That was her superhero name. Um, and she basically wore like a black bathing suit and a sash, and that was her costume. God. Um, it was a one piece, but it was still pretty much a bathing suit and a sash. Um, so now that, you know, she is upgraded and is no longer just Miss Marvel, she's Captain Marvel, that moniker was open. And um, I don't, I, I'm going to say her name wrong because it's not... Kamala. Kamala is the name of the character. Right. It's hard because we know we have Kamala Harris. Right. This one is Kamala, so I have to make sure I get the right emphasis on the right, the right syllable. Right. <laughs> but um, Kamala, I got to think about it every time I say it. Kamala was a huge fan of Captain Marvel, um, the female version, because there's been several right. versions. And when she started getting her powers. Yes, she took on the moniker Miss Marvel as kind of an homage. But in the comics, her powers are very much more like Mr. Fantastic's powers. Oh, stretches? Yeah, she's got some other tweaks where she can enlarge parts of her body and stretch and stuff. But it looks from this trailer that something happens where she obviously gets some kind of cosmic-based powers. Right. So it looks like they're going to, again, we're just, this is guessing just what we saw in the trailer is, they're going to tie her a little bit closer to Captain Marvel somehow. Right. And we already know that she's going to be in the Marvels with Captain Marvel when that movie comes out. So this show, I'm sure, will stand on its own two feet. It's obviously going to draw a younger crowd. But it is in some way, shape, or form, I have to believe, segue into that movie, The Marvels. All right. Well, we'll look forward to it. I'll watch it and see how it works. But, uh, you know. I'll watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to watch more because there's going to be, it's going to tie to the universe, and I'm going to keep watching, you know, with the universe stuff. And then, you know, obviously next week, literally, well, actually, six days. So we'll be talking Moon Knight next week. That's going to be fun. Can't wait to talk about it. That's going to be awesome. Can't wait. And last but not least in the news, Paul Wesley. I know this is old by the time you're hearing it, but Paul Wesley has been cast as Captain James T. Kirk for season two. Well, I'm sorry. I take that back. He has been cast as James T. Kirk. Kirk, what do you think of we that? I don't know what his rank uh, is. When yet. that was when that was there, I was like, I wonder what Michael thinks of that. That was that was one, because you're, you're being the Star Trek guy. Because I saw um, a lot of I saw a lot of negativity online for that. Not because yeah, the guy was cast, just the fact that the character is there. Yeah, well, because here's the thing, I, I get why people are upset because Kirk is not supposed to take over the Enterprise until after the five years, right? 
This is this this show takes place what ten years before. I'm sorry, somewhere around. I, that. I know Discovery know. started approximately ten years before the original series. So, oh, is that what it was? Yeah. So that's a good five years. Well, I'm trying to think. So my question, my big, my bigger question to you though. Yeah. Are they planning a reboot? I don't think so because, and here's why. I think it'd be confusing for people because Paramount, which is all one company now, it used to be uh, CBS had the TV rights and Paramount Studios had the movie rights. It's all one company now. And we already know Paramount has announced Star Trek four as a go again to the surprise of the cast. Why would you have time? That's a different timeline. I understand that it's alternate, but you know, it's hard, you know, people had a hard enough time, Realizing where in canon Rogue One took place, I know that's have, pretty. That's actually pretty simple. It is, <laughs> but unless you're a hardcore fan, or in you know, well, not even hardcore. If if you're just a casual fan, you're not. You're gonna be like, "What's going on?" Because I remember how many people. I don't know how many people asked me. So wait, where's where is Ray in this? No, no, no. So all that to say, I don't know. I don't think having a whole other cast. Unless we have a Spock already, I mean, oh, and who is going to be on the ship too? Right. So what I'm saying is, are they planning a? I'm not talking a film. I'm talking a TV reboot of the show. Like, will they like redo old episodes and like just? I mean, Shatner turned 91 last week. Yeah, 90 freaking one, and he was in the moon. Or not the moon. He went on space not too long ago. I guess what I'm saying is, it looks like a long play. A test is what I think it's it's doing. Oh, it totally could be, because we have Ethan Peck already doing Spock, and I don't remember the actress that's doing it who are on the TV show. Why not? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. The original series is kind of hallowed ground, and, you know. Well, that's what I'm asking you, right? Like, to me, it doesn't matter. It kind of matters. I mean, it, right. it, it is it is legacy. It's like, it, you know what? That does matter. It's like saying, but at the same time, I, I was up for like, okay, well, if you're going to do a post, I don't want Star Wars redone, but if you're going to do a series with Luke and it happened to be Sebastian Stan, I would have been fine with it. Well, yeah, they can, you know, don't get me started. I could totally be into a Sebastian Stan because he's the right age right now to right. do some post Jedi right. Luke stories. Which oh, I'd be into it. Be into it. But. I guess this the tough part here is you've got so many legacy characters in in the Star Trek. Like you don't want them to re, you don't want them to redo the the was it two years? Like what they just did re, did every episode of those and just did it with a new cast, the same storyline, no. but just redone. No, it would that be, be, no, no. be horrible, right? It'd be terrible. Don't do that. If you're gonna if you're gonna bring in a whole new cast, you have to reboot. That's why the J.J. Abrams. Sure. Rebooted. That made sense. That created the, the and even other pro- right. Even other properties like Battlestar Galactica, when they brought it, when they redid it, you know, as opposed from 1978 to 2003, uh, they rebooted it and they changed a lot. You have to. Yeah. You have to. You can't yeah. go back and rehash. It's right. going to be shit. You right. got to bring something new to the table. Right. Or Which, what if what if they cut to like well because. It's a long discussion for this, but my question is, if you do a series, okay, after the two years of the legacy show, but would that be before, would would that be, okay, what, what, say the last episode of that, (laughs) and then, 
how much time took place between the last episode of that and the Star Trek movie? Oh, it was, it was a good 10 years. Or more. For us, for the characters as well? Well, yeah, because at that point... And his wig changed. <laughs> nice. Shattered. I, I know. Because um, <laughs> at that point, Kirk was an admiral. Um, right. Spock was a captain, blah, blah, right. blah. So they could do that. Yeah, okay. Now we're talking. If they wanted to do a series after the original series... You have my interest. Could be interesting. Because there's a long time. You're right. There's 10 years right. there. Right. How to become an admiral. How they exactly. Could be fun. And then you have regular characters, and it would probably bring the most interest to regular people. Yeah. It'd be kind of like phase two, which was the planned, right. like Gene Roddenberry had talked about doing Star Trek phase two. They had mock-ups where that right. ship is now basically the Discovery now. And then uh, a lot well, of I'm going to go on line, record and say that's their plan. I think well, if it long, does well, they're a long plane. They're long plan. Right. If people like this Kirk, well, yeah, I think it started with stupid. I think it started with the Spock. I think it's been in the plans, but they pulled Spock in like, oh, I kinda dig that Spock. That works. He's fine as a Spock. He's fine. fine. I mean But yeah. now we're getting to the point like how many how many Spocks do we need? How many Kirks do we need? It's no. just the story. Like, don't worry about the actor. Worry about like just the character, and it's fine. Don't you know what I mean? If you get past, it's kind of like Elden on, as Han Solo. It's like if you just worry about the character story, you not worry about it being Harrison Ford or not. Yeah, you got a point. It's you just, got a point. It's just, it's just a story. So it's the same Kirk, just different. So what? It's like James Bond. Who gives a shit? Keep changing it. That's true. All right. Let's jump to our geek this week. We're going to talk about mine later. It was Galaxy's Edge and Disney, but I did watch Rogue One on the way home on the plane. <laughs> did, didn't you have the opportunity to watch like a new movie? There's nothing on there. The plane sucked. Didn't have oh. very good. Nothing that I wanted to watch. I usually find at least one movie that I hadn't seen. Like, oh, like even if it's not something I would, like, well, obviously if I really wanted to see it, I would have seen it already, but like, right. I use it like I saw Get Out on the last time I was on a plane, because even yeah. though it had been out for a couple of years, it was a horror movie that Shay would never watch with me. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, why not? More so you watched Rogue One. That wasn't on the plane. It was on my iPad. Oh, of course you have it on your iPad. <laughs> well, I always download one film just in case. That's smart. Yeah, if nothing's there, I'm like, I got something to do. Um, that's smart. Uh, but yeah, so that's my geek. And, and I'll, I'll relate it uh, later on in the episode. But uh, you're, you have a lot of stuff here. What's going on? Uh, let's see. So, Spectator 7 and 8. Once again, that is the Substack comic put out by Brian K. Vaughn. And I can't ever remember how to say her name. Uh, is it Nicole Henry? Henderson? Or I don't know. It's still very violent, still very adult. Interesting. <laughs> but um, finished Star Trek Discovery last week, and I highly enjoyed it. All right. So, I got to catch up. Yep. Got to catch up so we can talk about Discovery. It's Maybe I really enjoyed it. Probably doing it this weekend if there's time or when Michelle's sleeping or whatever. But uh, the big thing I did while you were gone, Joe, is I I read the entire uh, novel, The Kaiju Preservation Society by John Scalzi. Who, um, How does he sleep? How does he sleep? Well, he only puts out like one book a year or so. No, you. <laughs> I don't Me? know who that cat fucking author is. Oh. <laughs> 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 okay, well, let me say a bit this about the book. It's uh, 
the whole time I'm reading it, it's a quick read and it's a light read. It's not, it's not Dune. It doesn't pretend to be. And I think it's yeah. 230, 240 pages, something like that. I'm probably wrong, but it's, it's not, I think technically it's a novella, not a novel, but it's, it's a quick read. And the whole time I'm reading it, I'm like, this is like, this is like a pop song. It's quick. It's, it's fun. And then it's over. Yeah. And then I actually read part of the acknowledgements and he, he himself said, this is not a deep book. This is a pop song. I'm like, okay. Okay. So that's what he wanted to do. And that's what he did. So it was a fun book. If you like Kaiju, you'll probably like it. Uh, the whole gist of the book, and I'm not ruining anything because it's on the description. I just feel like, story. you know, and I've never read any Kaiju books, Kaiju books, but I got a feeling I'd rather see it than read it because I like watching <laughs> the spectacle of a Kaiju on screen. I totally get that. Um, yes. If I'm going to read a Kaiju, like piece of literature or anything, right. like I read Kaiju number eight, which is manga. And again, you can see it, right? Yeah, yeah. You can see, if you see a picture, you're right, right, right. That was highly enjoyable. I enjoyed that more than I enjoy this. Like I said, this was fun. Good. But one of the interesting things about this is that Scalzi spends almost no time describing the kaiju. Just that is the size of a mountain, and it has wings and can fly. And a you couple times, you use your imagination as to what it looks like. Exactly. That's kind of cool. Which I thought was interesting. It's it's a fun book. Uh, it's not again. It's not Dune. It's not a sci-fi masterpiece. But if you if you're a fast reader, you you could probably get through it in a night. Cool. cool and cool. the last thing I didn't put it in the notes, but I wanted to throw it out there because it'll yeah, still yeah. be available when everyone listens. Uh, check out Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle. Right now they've got this comics collection, uh, basically uh, women in comics. You know, strong female characters for, the, for March. Yeah, Women's Month, right? Yeah. So they're doing this deal, and again, we don't get any kickback on this. I'm just mentioning it because I was blown away. Um, if you want all nine volumes of Saga that get you caught up to date, except for the issue that came out in January, because uh, basically Saga's amazing comic. If you haven't read it, Joe, I highly suggest you do. It's it. an epic, like a Star Wars-level epic. Okay. Um they went through 54 issues and then took a break in 2018 and they were supposed to come back like late 2019, early 2020 and then COVID happened. Mm. So the comic has been on a break for over three years. So issue 55 just came out. It was a double issue, I think in January. So if you're looking for an opportunity to jump onto saga, I highly suggest you buy this bundle. That's just part of what you get. That's nine volumes, nine trade paperbacks. So that's 54 issues of comics you get. Uh, again, we get no kickback on this. I think to get everything they put out there, uh, you had to pay 25 bucks. That was the minimum donation. I threw in a little bit more. You can also get the, all six volumes of Monstrous, um, all three volumes of Blue Monday, which is a comic I love by... Uh, China Cluxton, I forget what her last name is now. Um, anyhow, a lot of fantastic comics. They say it's worth hundreds of dollars. It's true. I've bought most of those comics in hard in hard copy at some point, like issues and stuff. So having mm-hmm. them all collected digitally with no DRM, I it, it was it wasn't even I didn't even think about it. I saw the deal and I bought it. And I think it's going for seven more days. So 
by the time everyone listens to this, you still got a, almost a week left. So I highly, we'll put a link, we'll put a link somewhere. Cool. That's it. I'll show that. No, that's good. Good geeks that week. All right. <clears throat> For those that want to help out the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash KyberCast. Now, I was told that our percentage off for the tier three is not working, so I'm digging into that and finding out why, and it's looking like the website that we use to sell our stuff is kind of blocking some things. So I will fix that uh, as soon as I can and or come up with something different. Uh, Michael and I will talk over how to uh, upgrade our tier three, so I've got some thoughts on that because um, I'm looking to upgrade that tier three to make it really worthwhile. Um but check it out at patreon.com slash kybercast. All right, Michael, on to our main topics this week. Um, we're going to start with Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because we don't really talk a ton about it because there's two shows to talk about. But uh, I did go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, Disneyland, Los Angeles. And I got to tell you. Is it worth the money, Joe? It's so worth it. It's How much so, was it? How much was it to get into? Or wait, oh, well, we can get like Disney. a multi-day pass, right? Yeah, we, we got well, and two parks. So we got California Adventure and Disneyland. Uh, it was like two eighty something like that for two days each. For one, well, no, no, two eighty for the week for the double day pass and two parks. So yeah, two hundred eighty for each. A ticket for me and a ticket for Michelle. So you dropped almost six hundred dollars to go for two days to two parks. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. You okay. can go back and forth. Understood. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so but it's you're okay, and it's worth it. One hundred percent for me. It was okay for those that can afford it. Listen, you know, we Michelle and I don't take a lot of big vacations. This is one of our big. You know, we don't do a lot of flying. No, 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 I'm not. We do, we do a lot of camping. I'm not trying to shame you. I'm just making well, sure because that's not being shame. What I'm trying to say is like it's not fair for me to say it's worth it if people can't necessarily do it. Do you know what I mean? Like it does cost money. And I'm no. fortunate. Uh, I'm a fortunate person to be able to do it. I want to go and, you know, I'm very Dutch at times. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's not appropriate. I am Dutch, so I can say that. As in, I am partially ethnically Dutch. <laughs> very little. So, well, I say I am thrifty at times. But that said, is it the immersive experience that I want it to be? Right. Is it? I for me well yes and yes but part of it's not their fault because it isn't and one thing in that the characters can't walk around in front of you yet because of COVID. Okay. So they're all around so you can't like interact with stormtroopers like you would normally when it first opened and they would like detain you and and that kind of stuff. So unfortunately that can't happen but that's a COVID reason which may will get lifted at some point. Right. Got it. I'm okay with that. It's not a Disney fault. Um it, it you will not it is amazing it's kind of like the harry potter world too where you walk through and you don't see any part of disney and and, you, and when you're in disney you can't see any part of this it is secluded every detail is there like you wouldn't especially after i watched rogue one it's like holy crap is it tight the way they build the architecture the way it looks the um the people that work there they all treat they it's it's totally different there's no you know there's only one sign that you can really read and it's restrooms <laughs> and you don't know why they're at the entrances basically um i found it amazing it does it feel Absolutely. like you're walking on a yeah i look at a real star wars location yeah you 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 look up down left right you you cannot you know everything's they've, they've built it up so high with towers and things that you cannot see and then when you turn the corner and you see the falcon you're just like what the 
it's cool man i mean i you know i don't know how else to explain it it's cool and you can spend time there and now it's got the shops and that kind of whatnot you know like they want to sell stuff with all the things in it um but the, like this even the souvenirs are like the the clothing is not like regular like american clothing it's got interesting you know zipper pull-ups which you're not supposed to have zippers in star wars but there's other stuff you know buttoned up stuff and things like that there's just different kind of things that you can get you've got uh, the first order area. So you can go to the first order store, you know, for their propaganda stuff, like join the first order and the flags. And I'm into that. It's, it was so cool. Cause they got Kylo Ren ship is in that corner and, it's, and they're all full size replicas, right? So you've got X wing on the, on the resistance side and you've got Kylo Ren ship on that. And he, they come out and do a little thing. Um, and then they do follow, he goes into the crowd for a second, but they have people around him. So you can't talk to, you know what I mean? It's the stage as much as they could. Um, can you go in, in in any of the ships or no? Oh, uh, well, you you can drive the Falcon, but that's a ride. But do you actually do that on the Falcon? Yeah. Well, you don't go. Yes and no. You see the Falcon out there, and you go through the tunnels, and you get to it. You know, you when you once you walk in, it's like inside the Falcon. I mean, yeah. Gotcha. You're not, in, you're not in the representation of what's the ship is obviously. Gotcha. Um, and uh, all the food is different. And here's a great thing: if you're vegan. Apparently, in the world of Star Wars, you can get a ton of vegan stuff, which is great. <laughs> so That's nice. It was good for me. Um, they got two areas for food, and it's different kind of food. Um, roughly almost Middle Eastern-like, but that was Batu, the planet. You know, it was kind of like that's their cuisine, whatever. Right. And they've got, they've got this giant, like, Ronto's meat place where they, they got this big, giant flame coming up and rotisseries going and stuff like that. And you can go get the food there. And then there's another, like, uh, restaurant on the side. Um we went to the cantina, cantina on the last night. You have to you have to get reservations for all that stuff. So we had a room in the, in the cantina, which was a blast. That place is awesome. It's it's their cantina, very much like you know the one in Tatooine, but a little different. Nice. Um, they got now, cool drinks in there. You said vegan. I, I, I you're vegan, not vegetarian, right? Yes, correct. Does that mean you did not have the blue or green milk? I the blue milk is vegan, and I had it. Oh, it's it's soy milk. So, <laughs> oh, see, there you go. It's Banta milk, so it's fine. Um, I did have it. I had one of them. Um, it was good. Yeah, it was it's it's good. It, it's like a sweet tart. <laughs> it was good. It was good. A little sugary for me, but it was good. Um, I was gonna post some stuff on on Instagram with my uh, got got Banta milk uh, on my mustache. <laughs> now, I think the big question here to Joe and here is Joe. Yeah. How was building your own lightsaber? Do you see it? Oh, I was not looking at the screen. Damn, that's huge. Oh, yeah, that's what, that's what she said. Nice. Can you see the color? Is it blue? It's kind of going off your screen. It looks like it's blue. I did pick blue. <laughs> um, so it was fun. It was really fun. So I'm going to be brutally, I'm going to be honest, right? Super glad I did it. I felt a bit rushed though, because they kind of pull you in and it's a whole experience. Um, but they kind of like, you can choose from four different types of starters. So you can't use every, I would have loved to have like a half hour. It was more like 15 minutes, which is pretty fast. Like you're trying to build this thing, but you can right. only, they, they give you a box of like, there's like four areas you can do. Like here's one for justice, which is what I have. Then they have like a new Republic or old, Old Republic, High Republic, 
like a higher public makes yeah. sense. And then um, more of a Sith one and then more of a kind of a neutral, right? But you can't mix and match them all. You have to pick a quadrant. Which ones do you want? So I got more of the original. There's a lot of different ones you can do with it. You get like four different choices of areas inside that one. So you get a different, you can do a different top, you know, different switch, different bottom, different hilt. So uh, mine's kind of like, I tried to do like a mixture of uh, Luke and Ben and a little bit of Vader. The hilt looks really thick. It's, it's big, man. It's, and it's all metal. Like this is heavy. This is probably about eight pounds, eight pounds. Really? Yeah. It's That's all, heavy. It's all metal. Yeah. Yeah. Now. You would not want to wield that in real life because well, you get tired pretty quick. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's I'm not going to lie. It's awesome. But my problem, <laughs> was, my problem was it was rushed. Right. And um, so I would like a little more time, you know, because they're 200 right. bucks. This is this is like my present for a long, long time. Like my wife is like, you're not getting shit for a long time. Um, but I'm very happy that I did it. Um, you got to put your reservations in, do that. And they, they pick who, you know, what they give you a button too. Cause you're part of, you know, if you're Sith, people have Sith buttons and they got these other ones, you know, like the justice button that I have, I got to find that, put it somewhere. Um, you pick your ky- kyber crystal color and then that goes into the middle and then you put it all together around it, which is pretty sweet. Then they all kind of like lay down. They're in the thing and you, you put it into the slot and then it hooks up to the blade. And then everybody, they, they have everybody doing, you know, turn them on at the same time. And they all, all around the table for different colors come up. And then the thing unlock, unlocks around it and then you lift it up and everybody's holding it up. And then you hear Yoda come on. Like it's a whole, it's the reason they do it is it's scripted to, it's all scripted right. to like music and things that happen while you're doing it, you know? So they're trying to get you to, to do it. So you can't like, you like, it's going so fast. Luckily we have it documented and I can, I can throw the pictures up uh, on our Instagram, which I don't know if I did or not, but I, I can do that. Um, now what I will say is because my nephew went the next day with us cause he wanted to do it, but he ended up getting, you can go to the Jedi store, Jedi slash Sith store, which is not far from where you make the blade and you could buy legacy hilts. So you can get Luke's, you can get Vader's, you can get moth, a moth malls, count Dooku's. You couldn't get Kenobi. Kenobi wasn't there. What? Uh, yeah, it wasn't there. Um, a few others. Ahsoka's was there. Um, and he bought a Vader. Now, what, what ticked me off is he got a super cool case that, that opens up for the hilt for the Vader case. And he got the thing and he paid the same price, but he didn't have the experience. I'm like, I don't know. It's the same build quality, right? But it's all pre-done. You know, you don't see how the kyber crystal goes in. You don't see all that stuff. Right. Um, and you could buy other kyber crystals if you want while you're there and to change this out if you want to, you know, over time. Um but he got a you know a cool case and he had a good time. He he still loved it. He was messing around. Now, the, I'll tell you one thing that Disney does extremely well. So you can see this blade and everything is about the whole thing is probably about five feet total from hilt to blade and the blade. Yeah. I'm like, how the heck am I going to get this home? That was my next question. How did you get that home? And I asked, and they go, well, we can ship it to you after you buy it. How really? much is that? Take, tell me what you think. Forty bucks. Seventeen dollars. Oh, that's not bad. I do that. They package it for you too. They bubble wrap it. They package it, put it in a thing, and they ship oh. it to you. So I got this the last Friday and came today. 
Oh, 100%. They thought right? this out. They thought yeah. this out. Yeah. And they, I'm like, $17? I was happy as hell. Because like, they pay for all the insurance on it. If anything happens, you call us. We'll ship you another one right away. We, let, we know what you got. You know. Yeah. They were very cool about, well, you know. Dude, they're shipping in bulk, right? Yeah. But, they, yeah. you know, they took care of it, which is what Disney, they do it right. They definitely do it right. God damn it. Um, now I'm going to have to go just so I can build a Sith saver. It's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. And right next door is a droid builder, droid factory. And you see all these kids building their own art, uh, art or their astromech droids, which is really cool because they got all the parts in a, in a big conveyor belt. And you got to pull what you want and put the head on and all that stuff. And they're all remote controlled. And that's a blast. That Those kids were having a good time. Like, And then when it's at nighttime and everybody's got their blades out and they're walking around, like, you know, there's kids dueling and stuff like that. And, um, you know. Well, I got to ask. So kids are dueling and stuff. Are those uh, pretty rugged? Uh, well, I didn't use this. Uh, they could take it, but if you're, you know, if you're smashing 100, percent you will break stuff. I mean, it's breakable. Oh, of course. But they had cheaper ones there too. That kids, you know, the 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 twenty dollar ones that the kids were oh, yeah, the shit yeah. up, you know. But at night, it's all lit up. It doesn't matter. You know, right. they're having their fun. Um, and I go okay. So that part was great. The experience was great. Now, a couple of the rides, right? I'm gonna and I'll give everybody a tip. So listen up. There's a tip for the Millennium Falcon ride that I'll tell you at the end of this. Um, the first one we ran into, we ran to, like if you're going to go get there when the place opens and go right to it, otherwise you are done for the day for Rise of the Resistance. And I got to tell you, Michael, that is one of the best experiences I've ever read, wrote, wrote something on. Really? It, it, it combines story. It combines, uh, all th- as you're walking through, um, so like if you're like a, my nephew was with us and he got on, you can use your phone as a data pad. It comes to star Wars data pad and they've got hidden barcodes that will, you know, you can do, you know, do stuff as you're going in the, in the ride. So it gets you started, you know, with little videos and whatnot. And then, um, as you, you get into this thing, you, you realize, you realize, oh, it started way before the ride started before you think it started right of the experience. And I, I, I don't know how many spoilers you want me to tell you. It, oh, I mean, you can no, tell me. You can tell me any, as many as you want. Because, uh, all right. I mean, FYI to our listeners, Joey's going to talk about uh, some spoilers here on the ride. You can tell yeah. me whatever you want. Because, I, even if you tell me everything, it's the experience, right? It is experience. Yeah. Um. So yeah, spoilers. If you don't want to know about the Rise of the Resistance ride, you know, skip ahead five minutes or so. Um. So you get in this line, and then they start. Uh. You, you start you start seeing like this little mini rebel base that you're going through and then um as as you they parse you off into like four you know into groups right you know you're this you're this you're this you're this that and uh this like as they funnel you down so they, then they put you into this uh you're you're walking through this uh ride and then it opens up that to get you to the ship right that you're going to go on Right, and it, and it opens up, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Because you're in this world. You're like, "Wow!" You just walked through this whole thing, and then you're because most rides you're inside, and you're inside, right? But you've been going down, down, down to this thing, and you come out. It's like like you went through Rebel Base. So you're like, "Oh my god, that was part of the ride, right?" So it's you got screens, you know, doing that. You come out, and then you see a giant X-wing, pose X-wing, and then uh, kind of a shuttle thing that they're gonna shuttle you to, right? And you get on, and uh, a tip for everybody: if you go get on the shuttle, go to the front. Go to the front. Okay. Because in the front, you've got a an Admiral Akbar kind of guy who's heading it over, right? Um, so 
as you're 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 shuttling people over to a different destination, right? And you're gonna go through light speed and all that stuff like that. Um, so you get on here and you and the Akbar guy gives up that, but then like you know things, the door closes, you get in and it's all dark. Um, then you get the screen comes on and then the whole thing lifts up and you're like, oh wow, and you're kind of flying and um, you're like, oh, is this the ride? This must be the ride. And you're flying and things happen. All of a sudden you're intercepted by the first order, right? And then it you know pulls you into the tractor beam. Now tip number two. As you're being pulled in, walk back to the big doors that you walked in on, right? Because it pulls. It shows you, you know, you're going in, you're flying into the Star Destroyer, right? Then when you turn, you open it up, and it's open up, and it's wide, and you are in a friggin' Star Destroyer. You see, like, the picture that I sent you, Michael, there's, like, 50 star stormtroopers and guards there, and they pull you out because right? they, you know, they think you're resistance, right? And they, they separate you and put you into different chambers like you're captive, and then Kylo, so awesome. Ren, Kylo Ren comes up from the screen up there and uh, but they're like they're like they're like they feel real because it's big, the way they do the screen. You don't see any reflections or anything. It's like, you know, and you've got Admiral Hux, you know, <laughs> that's cool. And then as you're talk, as they go away, you see this light, this the, the, the thing beside you in your cell starts to go all the way around this red thing. And then you're, you're broken out. Right. Now, so the resistance breaks you out of your actual cell. Hux. Is it Donald Gleason? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And is Kylo Ren Adam yeah. Driver? It sounds like him. You don't see him, see his face. He's okay. got the mask. That's on. true. That's true. Sorry. Um. So yeah, because it's in between, I think Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Okay. Got it. Time timeline wise, I guess. And then you're 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 put then you're put on this. Um, now you've been walking this whole time, and you just see stuff. Stuff you're like, holy crap, this is happening. And then. Uh, you're you're pulled out by the resistance and you're placed into these we got to get you into these carts to get you out of to get to your back to your ship you know and these carts are trackless there's no track so there's no like you're not on a track it just goes it's like a remote controlled car right you're going to different scenes there's all kind of scenes you go through uh, uh you're being chased and then you're going through this is all live action right there's no screen in front of you you're going through this and then you open through a door and you go underneath ATAT walkers, full sized, giant. Sure. AT, yep, full size. You're going underneath them, through them, and you cut through the other side, and you're going through ion canyons that are going back and forth, like full size. And there's screens happening all around you, but it looks like you're in space, right? Because it, right. it feels like you're on the Star Destroyer, right? And uh, you know, like then you know, like uh, as you go through and you see this, you know, Kylo Ren's lightsaber come through your the roof of your thing. You know, and try to get you that way, and, and then uh, it shoots, and you can get him off, and then, and then you're you you go all around this this you know you're being attacked the whole time, being shot at by stormtroopers, you're shooting back, you know, like real stormtroopers up there. It's really crazy, and uh, then they they go, you you finally find a way out as a like an escape pod, and they lock you into the door, and then it turns into one of those three D rides. So like you are you and you drop and you feel like you're dropping and you're in space and you're flying around and you're you know up against tie fighters and shit and you know and then you you land safely back at Batu and you know you're back where you were at your first thing and then then the ride ends um but it is breathtaking I've never seen a ride this detailed um and sometimes it goes down because it is crackerjack timing like it's all uh you know it went down a few times for people but it, and they get it back up and running but. It is an awesome, awesome, awesome ride. It is oh, breathtaking. So cool. Breathtaking, man. Because it's now, like- yeah, I really want to go. I mean, I, I of course I want to see Galaxy's Edge. That's the only thing that really appeals to me about Disneyland or Disney World. But uh, 
Now I really want to go. It's fun. It's fun. Um, and then quickly, the Millennium Falcon. If you really want to feel like a kid, that's the one you go on. That is a blast. It is a blast. So uh, you, you the more you have uh, three positions in the Falcon once you get to it, and um, you got pilot, you got gunner, and you got engineers. So the, the pilot obviously you have one person on the left does left and right. The person on the right does up and down. So you've got to get you're going to get coaxium kind of thing, and you got to bring it back. Um, and then as you're flying, people got to hit the buttons and it's all tells you what to do. The buttons light up. You got to do something like you are interactive into this. So like engineers in the back, if you get hit, you got like a panel on the right. You're like, Oh, you got to hit all these things. And the whole thing's in a 3d environment. And it feels like you're flying, like your stomach's all like, what the hell? And you're flipping around and you, you know, you're going through light speed and um, you've, you've got voices going on in there and um, you know, you're flying up and down and through things and you know, try not to crash and all that stuff, but you've got the engineer save the, the, you know, the ship as much as possible and the bet you know if you do really well you get more credits at the end otherwise if you damage the ship a lot you got to pay it back because you loaned it you know was loaned to you by chewy and hondo anaka um for the run because no one can go as fast as a ship right they had to go get the coaxium and that kind of stuff right now would i like to have harrison ford for this yeah like but obviously it's in between those episodes and Han Solo's dead, and I don't think Harrison Ford wanted to put his face on a on a ride. No, no, that doesn't sound like him. No, but everybody else's is. So you got Chewie, and you got you know, and the three D is so great on this thing. This whole, the motion controls. It's and but you, before you get to your co pilot thing, you're walking through the Falcon. You go to the room, and you're waiting for your thing. And they've got the the whole waiting bay bay area, like like you know, with the chess game or whatever. Whatever I forgot the name of the game, but um, it's awesome. It's awesome. Now- so what position did you take with that? I did pilot. And then um, because people were with, let us be the pilot. That's the most fun. Cause you're at the front and you, you know, you pull the light speed. The one on the right pulls the light speed for those that want to know uh, the up and down person does the light speed. Um, and it's hard, dude. It, it is hard it, to steer that thing. It's like, you know, it's me playing halo. It's like <laughs> making mistakes all <laughs> over the place. Um, but now here's the trick. Once you ride it once, if you want to wait in line with your whole family and friends, you know, your four people or whatever, then that's cool. You're going to wait anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half. You just are. Almost two hours for Rise of Skywalker, or Rise of uh, Resistance, but there's no trick to that. So that's why you get there early and you can maybe do it in 40 minutes. But the trick to the Falcon, very, very important. Listen to me now, everybody there. There's a single rider option. All right. So if you just want to go on and be put in with other people that there, you go down that path. But there's if you walk if you walk the path and if you keep going, you'll get there, but you'll be put into the line again at a, at a, at an earlier spot. And you still have to wait. But if you turn your head to the left, there's another way to go. Nobody does that. A worker told me as I was going, he goes, no, go that way. Nobody ever goes that way because you don't see it. It's another you're going down the, the, the thing and there's you just keep going because you're heading in a direction. There's no sign that says turn left because there's two stairs for single riders, one on the left and one on the right. No one ever goes left because they're already walking. They're walking fast. They're not thinking about it. He's like, turn around. You go up there. We were on. We did the ride three times in, in 20 minutes. Awesome. So that's the trick. But the, the, the tough part of the trick is nine times out of 10, you'll probably be the engineer, which is in the back. It's not that it's a bad thing to be, but if you really want to be a pilot, you probably have to wait so you can call yeah, you your own. You have to wait for the whole family thing. Call your own marker. But some people might let you, you know. 
you know, and then you, you know, when, when the pilots aren't good, then you crash a lot. So like, I think the last time we did it, my, uh, the, uh, my, Michelle and I, the, the pilot was like a uh, like a seven year old girl on the right, and she was just killing us. Like <laughs> we couldn't do much, so but we didn't make her feel bad or anything. But she was having fun, and that's what it's about. It was about fun, exactly. So, I I highly recommend. I mean, if you've got the means to do so, then you know go check out Galaxy's Edge. It's it's fun. I'm I'm not a shill for for Disney, and Disneyland itself was fun. Although I'm not going to get into that, but it was, you know it was we had a great great time. Michelle's sister toured us. She knows all the tricks, so that was what's nice to have a somebody who knows all the tricks. Get us in, you know, tell us what to ride first and get get through it all, so we we can get the most of our day. So, go do it, Galaxy's Edge. It's a winner to me. I had a good time. I will. Really good time. All right, let's move on. And do you have any other questions for Galaxy's Edge, Michael? That you want to know? No, I think you answered them, and uh, I, I appreciate this. My brother is going in May to the one in Disney World. So I'm going to clue him into some of your tips. Yeah, I'm sure it's set up the same, I would assume, but I don't know. Right. I would assume you have a single, single rider there for the Falcon as well, I would assume. Right. This way you can ride it multiple times, you know, because it's you don't want to wait an hour each time. You've got other stuff you want to do. Exactly. So, all right, let's move on. Let's do uh, Halo came out today. Um, I watched it. Michael watched it. Um I'm going to let Michael start this one because I've been talking and my mouth is dry. So I'll let Michael start with Halo. <laughs> well, it begins with a bang. Like, literally begins with a bang. And one thing I wasn't prepared for. Now, I played the original Halo way back in the day. So uh, that said, I don't know if I, I maybe played Halo 2. But after that, I don't know. I just, I was not very good at the multiplayer. I admit it. I suck. Call of Duty is more my game. I can't stand the jumping. Right. I would play against my brother once in a while, and he'd kill me every time. I just, I can't get the hang of the jumping. So, I am not your target Halo audience. Okay? Let's start with that. I know, I remember some things about Halo. I mean, obviously, I know Master Chief. I know the Covenant. I know some of the names of the vehicles. Not all of them. Not most of them. I got the gist of maybe the first game, the storyline, whatever that was. So, I will say this, I was not expecting it, even though I should have, because when I started with the uh, credits, the show was produced by Showtime. Which is obviously a pay service and an adult pay service. Not adult as in porn, but you know what I mean. It's not for kids. Disney Plus, this is not. No. So, I'm surprised. Spoilers. If you haven't seen it. Well, yeah, well, this is a spoiler review. Spoiler review. Uh, how much, like, people losing limbs and headshots? Yeah. I mean, if you're into headshots and seeing children being murdered, this is your show. And creatures. <laughs> and creatures. Yes, well, over, seriously. Overall, what'd you think? I thought it was boring. Really? Oh, yeah. It's not good. Oh, I totally did. Wow, we are total opposites on this. No, it's not good at all. I didn't find it. Okay, what what doesn't... What, wow, okay. In my head, I really enjoyed it. Like, I really enjoyed it. I found so that interesting enjoyed. because your big thing is about characters, and I did yeah, not give a shit. Did, you didn't care about the girl that went all the way through the thing and lost her father? No. And, wow. You think... Because... Be I don't know. So here's the deal. I mean, it begins with a bang. It caught my attention. 
And then nothing happens the entire rest of the episode until the end. Um, I didn't get that. I thought it was all good set up in terms of like they didn't know anything much. Well, first of all, I think if you're a diehard Halo person, you probably won't like this show because I think it doesn't follow any kind of like like canon video game stuff. So I get that. Like people are upset about that. Um, I've been reading reviews. First of all, to me, they didn't waste any money in this show. Like the effects are great. The CGI creature, like oh, really? Yeah, for a television show, for te- not a movie, for a TV show. Yeah, one of the my note right here, not the best CGI. Well, I'm totally the opposite. I thought it made all the Star Trek shows look like they're still done in the 90s. Oh no. The effects and stuff on the show are ten times better than anything that the last two uh, Star Wars shows have been on. Immensely. Uh, you mean Star Trek? Star Trek, yeah. Uh, I wrote down Covenant Design is either poor or the CGI is subpar. Well, I'm the opposite. For a TV show, I thought it was great. Um, I thought the production was very, very good. I thought it was good. The Covenant, they look like bad video game renders. <laughs> it's a video game. Um, yeah, that's the thing. The whole episode felt like I was watching someone streaming on Twitch, except right. for the whole middle section when nothing happened. Well, see, the thing for me was that I liked about the show was that they started saying they don't even know what we don't know the politics yet. So it looks like there's a, either some kind of control over people and they send these master chief or they send the Spartans in to get planets in line, almost like a, an empire, right? That's, yeah. that's, that's me. And you, and they found a band of rebels and they thought it was the Spartans, but it turns out to be the covenant. We don't know who they are yet or why they're doing things. Now, John Spartan chief, master chief touches an artifact and now he's, he's, he's almost becoming more human, which I think that's what this episode was about, like getting him setting up Master Chief, because for everybody that's played the game, you are the, you are Master Chief. Right. So everybody, you know, you you are this person and it's a machine and you don't know it's, a you know, um, like a cyborg. Yeah, you just don't know. But now it's it's it was a very human spot. This is why I like, you know, when the, they had the girl captured on the, the lone survivor of all this stuff on board to take back to um, home base. So yeah. I, I'm stuffed to know all the, all the, all the names. I didn't take notes while I watched it, but, uh, um, but he takes his helmet off at the right time to show her like, I'm a human. I'm not this, I'm not a machine, but he's programmed and he's got things with, I mean, there's, there's problems, right? He's, he's becoming less cyborg like, right? That's the gist of the show. It's kind of like Frankenstein's monster got free of his own free will. So to speak, but if you want to see it well done, watch RoboCop. Well, we're not done yet. This series isn't done. It's one episode. I understand. I thought, it was, I thought it was a great setup. I, I, um, this is one that Michael and I will will obviously will. So you're not going to watch episode two. You're done. I'm going to watch a Halo like you watch Star Trek Discovery. Fair. I'll do it because we have to talk about it. I'll do it. But if it's I seriously, so bad you would never watch it again. I'll give it more chance, but obviously uh, 80% of the budget was spent in the first five, 10 minutes. And then a whole bunch of nothing happens. Okay. So we've got this woman. I don't remember her name because I don't even know if they said it. Maybe they said it, but I don't care because I don't care about her. Um, all we know is she's smart and she likes to get high on peyote. 
apparently, alien peyote, because uh, that's how the episode starts, right? Right. And then she stumbles across the covenant, and they slaughter her friends. Yeah. Again, surprise! Like when I started seeing people like burst and blood everywhere, I was like, "Well, this is not a kids' show." No. <laughs> Which maybe I, you know, again, I'm not a Halo super fan, so me maybe. Either. Well, but maybe people that have been dying for this show already knew it was going to be super violent. I didn't. I was surprised. I'm not against super violence. Don't get me wrong. Um, the Raid is one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's so violent. Yeah. Um, so I actually liked the the first five ten minutes. I was like, all right, uh, I'm kind of into this, except for the CGI so bad. All right, it's I not totally terrible. Disagree. It's not terrible, but it's, it's not it, good for, for a television show. I thought it was great. Uh, Show me what's a better CGI other than Luke Skywalker. Well, even Luke Skywalker, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I I I don't have something off the top of my head. Right, because there isn't much. Um, I actually quite like the CGI in uh, the last couple episodes of Discovery, but that was easier to do because you know you'll see. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. It just it's it's okay. But no, no, nothing happened in this episode to make me think, oh my God, I can't wait to see the next episode. Hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm the opposite. So Mike and I are very opposite on this one. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. I enjoyed it. Now I could totally get why people that are very much into Halo would think this isn't right or because he took his helmet off or for whatever reason, there's storylines from books and things that I don't have any clue about. I'm a noob. And to me, it's just a show that looks pretty cool. And I quite enjoyed it. So it's funny. I I'm surprised. I mean, obviously you're allowed to have your own opinion. That's no problem. But as I was watching this, I was like, Joe characters. Yeah. I liked the general guy and his daughter. And then she, obviously he died. And that leaves her the, or, you know, she's everybody died from her, from, from her covenant. And I'm curious to see oh, where but, she goes. Uh, that was very poorly written and very poorly yeah. acted. That whole no, scene. I will say this. This isn't like grand writing. No, no, sure. But like, it was so badly telegraphed. Like when they show and he looks at her and she looks at him, I look to Sheila and I'm like, well, he's dead. He's dying right now. There is no new here. It's, there's nothing subtle either. Yeah. No, not at all. There's no, exactly. I don't disagree with that. Um, But I, I I liked the art direction. I thought it was a shot. Well, I thought it was, I thought it was done. I thought it was good. We'll find out. It could be horrible by the, by the end of the episode. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say what I say all the time. Let me see the, till the series ends, and I'll give you my final. If it was great, I liked the first episode. We'll see what happens. See, I'm again, I'm no problem with judging it as a whole, but if you don't grab my interest in the first episode, it's going to be hard for me to watch the second episode. It's going to be hard. Again, I'll do it. There you go. All right, let's move on to Picard since we're already an hour in. Picard, episodes two and three. I watched a little bit of halfway through four, so we can even get into that if you want. Um, so episode two to three, they basically get you to Frisco, <laughs> right? Yep. Um, episode two is called uh, Penance, and that's really where where Picard figures out that they, they have to go back in time. Um, and they have to use the Borg Queen to do it. Yep. And uh, you know, they they hijinks ensues. Um, 
in their alternate timeline, you've got uh, seven is like a president. Um, I don't know all their names. <clears throat> Rafi. Uh, yeah, I, I, they're all in different space. They're all in different as a different character, but they're themselves. Right. She was head of security. Yeah. Yep. Cristobal is a uh, well. He's still a pilot. You know, obviously working for the right. Federation. Let me just throw this out there. Um, we've seen the mirror universe. Obviously, we saw it in the first season of Discovery. Uh, we'd seen it in other. Um, I don't know if we saw it in Next Generation. There's a comic of Next Generation Mirror Universe that I have fully enjoy. I want to say they saw the Mirror Universe. It's last dying breaths in DS on Deep Space Nine, and obviously it originated in the original series. So. This was a fun twist on a dystopian society, a fascist dystopian society. Right. Which, like I said, I believe the the uh, Terran Empire died out by the time uh, Deep Space Nine was out, uh, coming out. So this was a nice tweak on that because I, as soon as I saw evil, I was like, oh, yeah. here's the Terran Empire. But it was that, but with a different paint, but I still liked it. Right. It was okay. It was good. It was all right. I wasn't you know, overly thrilled, but it was fine. No, it, it was fine. It was a nice take on it. You know, it wasn't just the old Terran Empire again. It was slightly different, but I will throw out this criticism of episode two. Normally, what would take an entire season or a good chunk of the season of everyone trying to reconnect and get back together now that they're in this alternate timeline. Right. Happens in 10 minutes. <laughs> So, well, and even that, the show, the, the I thought episode two was more filler, even though it was not. I mean, like if you need to go back in time and it took all that time to get there, you have the alternate universe and they, you know, then they finally get there. But then right when they're going to go to, well, they didn't get there in episode two, but right when they're going to, then the other people get on the ship and start shooting people. The other, the, I guess, cat, the seven's husband and whatnot. And then it, then it ends on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And then in. And then in assimilation, which is episode three. Well, did you like episode two altogether? It was fine. Like I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It was just fine. I liked it because again, um, there was there was more action in episode two than in the entirety. I think of Picard season one. Yeah, maybe. I can't. So there was good action. I, I you know what? Whatever notes they got from. The audience from Paramount. I don't know what. But Picard, okay, it was fine to bring him back. I get the whole story was about finally putting Data to rest. I'm okay with that. The story was slow. Now, again, this is season two, and I think I mentioned this last time. It has the benefit, of course, that we already know the characters. So there's a shorthand. You don't have to learn who all these characters are like we did in season one. Right. So we jump ahead there, but already this this season seems to be kicking on more cylinders. And I, again, I, but I, I agree with you that episode two was a bit of a filler because it's all about getting to the time travel and giving us a glimpse of the dystopian possible future. Right. That said, I liked the Confederation of Planet or the Confederation of Earth or whatever it was called. Well, yeah. Again, Any other I, race is bad. Yeah, I mean, Star Trek works best when it's being analogous 
to current events and commenting on those events. Yeah, I'll be have something to say about episode three for that. Okay, so we got a little bit of that because this is very Earth first, like a make Earth great again, right? Yeah. That was very much the vibe we got. Um, but like I said, I, I do have a serious point of criticism in that normally any other show, if this was done in the 80s uh, and season two was 26 episodes long, it would take us you know, anywhere between five and ten episodes for everyone to finally get back together. Right. So having, stories, right? right, they don't have that kind of time now. So, oh my God, we're on an alternate earth and we immediately contact each other and get a hold of each other within minutes and then suddenly everyone's together, except right. Christos, who right. eventually shows up. But anyway, what did you think about episode two? It was okay. I, I mean, you just kind of know where it's going. Like, there's no... um. I don't know. There's nothing new writing wise. It's just, you know, it's going to go. I could tell you like before even watching it. Okay. They're all, they're all cornered. What's going to happen? Well, certainly they're not all going to die. So that's not going to happen. One person may die. Well, one person does die, but we find out in episode three and then in episode three begins like, I bet there's going to be a distraction so they can grab some guns. And what happens? Of course. Of it's, like, it's like, oh, a distraction. And then we grab some guns and then one person gets shot, Elnor, who dies, the Romulan, which that kind of sucks because I'd rather have him as a character down on Earth trying to hide himself or something. Like, make it interesting. Well, like, let's take the fucking alien out. Why not shoot Rafi? Right. And have but, him save his mom. <laughs> or whatever. Well, you know, there's something very ironic about the fact that. You know, they show us this fascist dystopian possible future for them or yeah. possible present where it's humans first. And then the only person that dies is the Romulan. Bad. That was stupid. It would have been much more interesting if he went to Earth. Don't you think? Yeah, but it's, you know, it is. But I can see why they did it because it's challenging. How do you hide his ears, right? Fucking put a hat on. I, hey, I'm right there with you. You know, they could have had him put a headband on like they do with Spock in... Um, the voyage home. <laughs> there's ways it could have Which, done it, but there's there's also there's uh, more than one call out to a voyage home. I mean, they literally reference that Kirk did it with Spock. Yeah, one of the calculations going back in time, and that's why they need to help get the board queen to help. So now's when the show got really cheap. Episode three. My God, it yeah. looks cheap. The set looks <laughs> cheap. It's like that's it. We have one set. Built of metal with a fucking hanging Borg, and then let's go to Earth and just find some cool. Like, here's a here's a place where there's a, and here's where it gets really. This is what really pisses me off about the show. Can you be any more heavy-handed about hitting all the political buttons? Here's bad policemen because policemen are bad, and then let's get you know let uh, let's get all these illegal immigrants out here. Is it's illegal immigrant? And then oh, this is how the Earth starts. It's on fire over here in California, and everything's good. And the environment's bad it's like let's hit every fucking liberal and i'm a liberal but it's like can you hit every button more propaganda like than this episode i'm not going to disagree with you like as soon as you know uh cristobal gets stopped I'm like he doesn't have id he's totally getting deported 100 well, he's getting deported. how convenient that the guy who speaks spanish is hits his head and goes to a, a latino area right like, it is such 
Well, to be fair though, LA is very. I get it. I get it. But like he happens to, and it's somebody. It's just. It's so. But 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 it's so easy. I'll give you that. I'm not saying you're wrong, but that said, in Star Trek canon, uh, they're on the verge. The Earth, according to Star Trek history, is coming up on World War Three. And that, so they're highlighting all the things, you know, the, the environment it. was going bad and then, you know, the, all the racial stuff and blah, blah, blah. This is, and they're amping it up because they're supposed to be coming up soon having a third world war. I get it. It's happening right now anyways. But the point is, it just felt super heavy handed. It's like, you know, it's pretty easy to pick on police these days. I don't I just don't think they're all bad. Put it that way. <laughs> it's just, it just seemed like everybody was bad. Everybody, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Anyways, and then, but and you saw half episode four, so I have to believe you saw. I mean, yes, you had the jerk cops in episode three, and then you have the jerk ice cop, and you know what I mean. Yep. So it is, it is cliched. I'm not going to disagree with you. It's almost, you know, uh, mustache twirling in their caricature of the evil cops, right? I'll, I'll grant you that. Now they're trying to find the the watcher, which we don't know who that is, and that's the I assume it's Stan Lee, but we'll find out. Funny. <laughs> well, you do find out. Well, when you finish the episode, you'll find out. Okay, well, I'm halfway through, um, so we'll, we'll talk episode four. I mean, like I don't hate the show. It just, um, you know, it's, it's just not doing much uh, new stuff yet. You know, and I like, I, you know, I like some of the characters. I mean, it's not that I hate it. I just feel like, you know, it, it I guess it's Star Trek. And I, there's just always something about Star Trek that misses beats for me. Um, like I said, I, I had more fun watching Halo than I had the last two cards, but you and I are totally different. So, Oh, 100% disagree. I know. We just disagree. Um, part of let me ask you this. Part of this, I don't know where Halo's going to go, and it could get, it could go awful. And this and Picard can really ramp up and go great. Um, I mean, I still like watching you know Picard and and little little known uh, tidbit. Do you know who directed these episodes? The last uh, three and four. You look on your wiki page. No, I'm not. Uh, is it Freaks? Leah Thompson of Back to the Future fame. I did see that. You know what? It's funny you say that. I saw her name, Leah Thompson, and the first thing I thought was, no, it's not. It's got to be someone else. Just kind of like there's two John Favros right not, out there. It is. It's her. her. Yeah, they're not directed poorly. It's just no, no. The story I don't think is there yet. I, you know, I saw the name and I thought, and I thought Leah Thompson, but I was like, actually, you know what I thought? The first thing that came to mind was, uh, uh, did you ever watch Muppets when it was on uh, ABC? Yeah, not not the old one, the reboot that was like five years ago. Oh no, there was an episode where Kermit talks about his celebrity crush. Oh, it was Leah Leah Thompson. And then he ends up in the elevator with her. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and that's the first thing I thought of. But anyway, no shit. Well, good for her. Good yeah. for her. Yeah. So you're um, you're happy with Picard's so far? You you like? You, I, I think it's fair to say that I'm enjoying it much more than you are. I'm enjoying it. It's just I'm not seeing anything new here, and I don't I don't want to I, I don't want to see this time period. I just don't. It's boring. Oh, no. You're you're going to have a bias, right, wrong, or indifferent. Yeah. You don't like the fact that they, they've come back to. Pretty much our time. I get that. You, 
I understand, but now, I, I can see why they're trying to save it. Out of it by the end, by season, by episode five, great. But if they wait to the last minute through the whole series, oh, then it's going to be the last minute. I will guarantee you that. Then it's really cheap, and they fucked up. Well, it's all about the story, Joe. It, no, not here. Like <laughs> you can go so far <laughs> with like them, like oh, make sure you get the right clothes on. Don't hide this. Don't don't forget. The, you know, mess with the future. But yeah, you know what. They, you know what? Star Trek Four is one of the most successful of the Star Trek movies, and they did the same thing, and it's a fun story, and I love the movie. So, right. now, that said, did you get to the scene? I know we only watched half of episode four, so I don't want to ruin anything. Yep. Did you get to the scene where uh, Rafi and Seven are on a bus? No, I don't think and so. I will say nothing more. I got to the scene where um, Picard goes into the bar. And I and now is that um, Whoopi Goldberg's character? Yes, yeah, that's Guinan. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. So yeah, because the dog's there and all that stuff. So, but she doesn't know who he is. But why don't they? Yeah, of course, the dog's a pit bull because I don't know why. Patrick Stewart works with the pit bull uh, rescue org. Oh, does he? Yeah, that's uh, why number two is a pit bull as well. Okay. Why don't they just de-age Whoopi? Why do they have to bring a whole new? I don't understand. I thought that was interesting. I. I was like, all right, if they're in 10 forward, they're gonna, how are they going to make Whippy Goldberg look 35 years younger? Oh, they're going to hire someone else. That's yeah, how. Because they can't afford to do the loop thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, she doesn't, she portrays the age she wants to, right? Well, no, she can age if she wants. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, anyways, you're you're good with the with the show. I, I think it's okay. I don't think it's great. I don't think it's horrible. It's it's definitely watchable. Like I can't like I can't I can watch it. I'm like going. Ugh, I'm not doing that. Um, but you know, Rio's still my favorite. I look forward to Picard every week. I look forward um, to it. I look forward to it. I don't like like dread it at all. No, but I'm. I, I think I'm definitely enjoying this show much more than you. Probably. And that's fine. Probably. But again, I don't hate it. Um, I look forward to, you know, I want to watch it. I'm like, great, Thursday, Picard's on it. It's something to watch. Now I have Halo and Picard on Thursday, back to back. Um, the next week we'll have Moon Knight, Halo, and Picard. <laughs> so it's going to be a lot, a lot of talking. So, And we've gone long on this episode. but um, We're making up for last week. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long. It's been a good week. Oh, we have gone long. Yeah. So anyways... Let us know what you guys think. Or if you have any questions for Galaxy's Edge that you want to throw out there, Michael, how can they ask questions or tell us why they think Halo sucks or is good and why Picard is good or not good. Or sucks, right? I don't think well, you sucks. can find us on Instagram and Twitter at KyberCast, or you can find us on Facebook. We have a page and a group at the KyberCast. Cool. And I don't think Picard sucks at all. I think it's good. It's just, I think it needs to be pushed. Um, I think to be fair, I don't think Halo sucks either. I just... They both have to be pushed. We'll see. But Halo, we'll find out. Yes. Um, if you'd like to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash kybercast, and uh, you can give a little tip there. Or the best way to do any kind of help for the show is to smash that subscribe button so that you know we get those hits or leave a review. That also helps out the show very much. But better yet, tell a friend about the show. That's actually what we'd like you to do the most. Um, tell them they can find us at pretty much any podcasting catching network that you would like us to find them at us at find us at yeah it could be apple spotify amazon all the good stuff uh podbean as as uh, michael uses uh, Dude, I stopped by a podbean like a year ago 
Oh, that's right. You use Google Podcasts is what you're on. Yes. Um, I use Pocket Casts, which is I think is the best uh, podcast listener all the way around. But uh, hey, they're not paying me, so you don't you know you don't have to use them. Um, or you can <laughs> our, or you can go to our website at kybercast.com. All of our episodes are streaming there via SoundCloud, so you can our Facebook to- page too right now. Yeah, Facebook. You can listen to it on Facebook. You can totally listen to it on Facebook. Um, so do that. Uh, next week we're going to talk three shows. We've got Moon Knight, which I hope it looks so great. That's probably going to take the bulk of our shows. I'm sure it's going to be good. I have a really good feeling about that show. Um, then we got Halo and Picard to talk about next week. So anything else, Michael, on your end? I'm good. Awesome. Well, until then, this is the way. This is the way. Boy, that was terrible. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.